So our special guest today is William Gray. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So can you talk about yourself and tell us how you got started writing horror? Uh, yeah, so um, my, my my journey with horror, of course, starts with Stephen King. I think that's pretty much everybody. I mean, I grew up on Goose, uh, Goosebumps with R.L. Stein, uh, which is also, I think, a prerequisite for most people writing horror. But um, but that was my big one. Um, and so I always wanted to write, and um, I really just didn't get it off the ground. I would get imposter syndrome, that kind of deal. And so I spent my uh, early my my adolescence and my early twenties kind of dabbling with different things, but not really doing anything with it. Um, and for for those of you who aren't familiar with me, so my debut, The Man Behind the Door, is actually based a little bit on my dad, um, and inadvertently my past a little bit as well. Um, a, a huge motivation for me becoming a writer in, in general, what finally got me on this path was I decided to write a story about my dad. Um, my dad had a lot of trouble throughout life and that kind of had a trickle down effect with the family that he created with my mother and me. Um, yeah. and I had a really turbulent home life, um, as a teenager and I actually ended up in foster care and I, and I have no regrets about anything cause it's made me who I am, but, um, I, didn't do didn't you know I, I gave up on writing I didn't think that I had it in me and it wasn't until the moment that I discovered the story that I felt like I needed to tell which is my dad's story that I managed to do that um and so that's that's how I got officially into writing horror was actually kind of putting my dad's story through the lens of a ghost story and yeah. um that started the whole thing um but separate from writing um I'm a lead pharmacy technician at an independent pharmacy in Virginia which is in the United States um and um that's my day job i work there 40 hours a week minimum um i come home i've got a family i've got an awesome incredible wife that is so supportive and honestly without her i never would have been a published author she is 100 percent the reason that i am out there and and published and in the public because she believed in my work in a way that even I didn't. And so we've got uh, two kids. One of them is my bonus kid. He, uh, I met him when he was one. And then we just had a baby girl uh, actually two months ago today, which is crazy. So congratulations. Thank you. Girls are harder. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I hear, but so far, so far so good, but I'm only, I've only got two months of experience. We'll wait until she can start talking. Right. Yeah, definitely girls are harder. <laughs> so enjoy that. <laughs> okay, so walk us through the process of where you get your ideas from. Gotcha. So um, that's, uh, for the most part, my ideas come from, at least my novel ideas are inspired at least a little bit by real life. So so I touched on my debut, which is really focused on my dad. Without that motivation, I never would have written that novel. And I think that that is 100% the, the, the backbone that that novel stands on. For The Devil Within Us All, which came out via Wicked House Publishing earlier this year, I um, drew inspiration from real life again. Um, I was really, really inspired by the ugliness we've seen in humanity in the last, like, 10 years, like seven, eight years kind of deal. Um, I, you know, there's been a lot of turbulent things in, in, in the world, and we've seen some people 
bring out the worst in others. And that was a really strong inspiration for devil within us all. And um, so I, I ran with that. So they're, they're two radically different books, which is funny because, you know, man behind the door tackles some really tough subject matter, but there's this underlying current of hope. Whereas with devil within us all, it's largely pessimistic. The good guys in that book have a really bad time and have a difficult time succeeding. Um, for my third book, uh, I've kind of returned back to being inspired by my dad a little bit. We used to go on camping trips. And so I wanted to kind of tell a story where the underlying theme is mental illness among men and especially older men and the stigma that asking for help is something that makes us weak or that we cannot do because it will make us weak. And so I was inspired by that. So I, I built a little bit of a creature feature around this theme. And while I don't think the theme is quite as clear as it is with Devil Within Us All and The Man Behind the Door, um, my upcoming novel, which is called Our Father's Burden and will be out in February if everything lines up, uh, is very much uh, a story about just good people that do bad things and are, you know, struggling with their own issues. Um, so, okay. so for the most part, I, I pull from, you know, from real life, what I witnessed, that kind of deal. Um, I started yeah. writing more short fiction. And so usually with my shorter fiction, I'm inspired by, by various things that I see. It can be something as, you know, straightforward as direct media. I watch this and I'm like, wow, this is a really cool idea. That's kind of congruent with this or kind of adjacent to it let's run with it but for the most part i usually draw from um draw like an, an idea from something else that's um less direct so right now i'm working on a short story that is uh inspired by my time as an amazon delivery driver a little bit and the the feeling of uncertainty that come can come when you're driving in the middle of nowhere so that's been fun to work on but um for the most part, it's stuff, like I said, inspired by by real life or inspired by other media or even just a feeling that I get from a certain direct uh, experience, I guess I should say. Brilliant. So a lot of authors say the same thing, that they draw, draw from around the experiences around them and things like that. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. So... How do you, I know you said mentioned about a couple of your characters. So how do you go about creating compelling characters? Usually I like to, I usually come up with my main character or at least my main character's motivations or direct conflict, something along those lines. That is a, that is a strong underlying current for my main character. And from there, I kind of branch out. I build characters around them because, um, because, a lot of times I found, and this was one of my earliest pitfalls, is that I would come up with a story um, and I developed the story so much that I would just try to force these different characters into them and they didn't really have much life in them. And I, I've kind of pivoted that since telling my dad's story. The experience that I had writing those characters really altered my way of thinking. And so I'll come up with a concept or an idea. But from there, I'll think, you know, what kind of characters are going to find themselves in the situation? Yeah. And what can I make about them that is compelling to the average reader? Um, you know, a superhero in a horror novel is not going to sell kind of deal. You know, I think that one of the one of my biggest things is I hate plot armor novels for the most part. I, you know that your main character is going to survive through the whole book for the most part. Um, and that's true. Most of the cases it is. But I, I like to to make them um, I like to give 
them some kind of weakness or some kind of fallacy that makes them a little bit more human, more realistic, and makes them relatable to the average reader. Uh, I find that when I'm reading horror novels, more often than not, I'm I never relate to the main character, of course, because they're facing these horrible, terrible things. I'm relating to them because of their subplots. They're small real world issues that they're trying to battle through and that they, you know, resolve throughout the novel or they don't, you know, they come to terms with it. And so that's where I start with my main characters. And from there, I kind of build the, the related characters based on that devil within us all was a little bit different. It is a huge cast. I pretty much worked on the cast before I worked on anything major plot wise and it was a it was a different experience. And I don't know that I want to ever work with a cast that large again. I was directly yeah. inspired by the novels that I grew up with. Um, the C- Stephen King's The Stand, um, Dean Koontz, all those guys that, you know, that wrote classic horror. The, the vibe is very much, you know, classic 80s, 90s horror in that novel. And it has a huge cast because of that. And so I and, and also the subject matter kind of forces me to have a large cast, too. I take the whole world's, you know, problem with having the worst brought out into them and and compress it into this small town. So I needed a lot of people to work with. Um, So that's the one exception. But for the most part, I like to draft my main characters, figure out what their thing is, and then go from there and build up characters from, from the main character's own personality, motivations, that kind of deal. And I decide basically, I, I know that I want a character that is working in antithesis to the main character. So what personality traits are they going to have that puts them in direct conflict, whether it's physical or more relationship conflict with that character. So I yeah. li- I don't really like to, I don't believe in building characters anymore based off the story. I like to do them in relation to the other, if that makes sense. Yeah, that does. So how do you decide on a setting for the story? For uh, Devil Within Us All, I I knew that I wanted it to be small town horror. Uh, that novel began radically different. It was going to be more of like a more of a self contained novel, and it wasn't going to have that theme. And I, I had the main villain. The main villain stayed the same from the original concept to the new concept because I felt that the new villain was just such a force of nature and such a good representation of a lot of what's wrong with the world that I could not subjugate him to just being in this small scope story so i wanted something that felt a little bit more um bigger scale and a lot more threatening and that's how i came up with the devil within us all um and and small town horror is is was huge in the 80s and 90s my favorite novels until i started reading indie horror has always been small town large cast novels or at least large cast novels in general and so i really really (laughs) wanted to tell a story like that once I figured out what I wanted to go with. Um, For Man Behind the Door, a lot of the settings are directly inspired by real life. Um, And same with with Our Father's Burden. It's going to be, with it being camping trip, that kind of deal, it's it's heavily, it's set in the Appalachian Mountains. It's heavily inspired by my experiences going on those camping trips. Um, But I've I've submitted a fourth novel, um, and I'm waiting to hear back about that. Hopefully it's a good fit if not, but that one is a, is my first novel that I kind of uh, really wanted to tackle a lot more fiction in, I guess I should say like um, my fourth novel isn't quite as inspired by real life as the other three are. And so that one is set in like a, you know, a rural house near a lake for most of the book. And it's, um, 
I felt it was a really good representation of like the cosmic core, small, like bleak area that I wanted to go with. It just felt right based on what I was going with. So, yeah. Fantastic. So I know you said a couple of the characters were based on your father um, and Mm. you based the book on there. Did you base anything, any other books on your own experiences or fears maybe? I would say not so far. No, um, I the I've got an idea for a um, for my fifth book, which I plan to start soon. I've written some key scenes down, that kind of deal, and I um, I'm really excited for that. That's going to be a return to like my own personal experience. Um, but for the most part, I mean, you know, the man behind the door uh, is a lot of me in that book. I would say there's no character that is directly a reflection of me. Uh, two characters that are brothers, I kind of view as a. Um, as an either or it's like a dichotomy thing it's something that i you know it's a one path i could have taken or another path i could have taken it's an extreme version of both that i could have seen my life going if it hadn't gone the way that it did and mm-hmm. so i was um so so i don't have a whole lot of myself in that book as far as character wise but some of the fears that my character the characters experience in that book i though um one of the, the two brothers that I mentioned, they both have fears of passing, you know, their problem, you know, their father's problems down to their own children. And that's a, that's a huge motivation that kind of pushes them back on the path that leads to the climax of that novel. And that was something that I had spent a lot of time thinking about before writing the novel was, you know, am I going to repeat cycles or at the very least, am I going to pass some unknown gene that I haven't shown yet off to my kids and so that was probably the deepest most personal fear i've put in a novel for sure um uh and then of course you know put telling my dad's story through the lens of fiction was very cathartic that one um there's several scenes in the man behind the door that even to this day when i read them um it still causes me to tear up i i I really bled onto the page with that book uh because i didn't set out to write a novel i had no intention of publishing when i set out to write that i just decided that i needed to write because that's really all i knew how to do i didn't i didn't have anyone really to talk to at the time um and that's you know a whole separate thing but no one i felt comfortable talking about those things too i guess i should say and so i decided to put it on page and build fiction around it because throughout my life i think that fiction has been a driving force in who i am the escapism of it and the way that the good guys always manage to triumph over the bad or even if they don't triumph over the bad the way that they still stand up against it in the face of the adversity and know what they stand to lose and it doesn't stop them and that's been a huge motivation of my life to continue to try to do good in my small section of the world and so i knew that 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 the best way to process the the feelings that i was experiencing was to kind of plug it into fiction and play a character based off my dad against other characters and kind of just get inside of his head to understand a little bit more i guess yeah, that's, I suppose. Did you kind of like use it as sort of like a therapy kind of thing? It was. It was almost like exposure therapy. I. I that's honestly how I feel about it. Um, I. I really don't know a lot about my. I mean, I know a lot about my dad, but I don't know a lot about my dad. He passed away when I was a teenager, so, and he wasn't exactly forthcoming with a lot of things, and he was just a very quiet, hard man because that's how he was raised to be. He was born in the fifties and his mother was very abusive and from there he just kind of 
compressed everything into this bottle and he never let it out again, except in these moments of like turbulent rage. I, I was really fortunate. I was ne- he never repeated that cycle with me. I never was abused or anything like that. Um, yeah. But but he he had a lot of problems and he get, he never found the help that he needed. He never knew how to ask. And so the man behind the door was kind of like my tribute to him. It was telling his story and acknowledging like um, who he was. My my favorite review of that book is from another podcaster. Um, his name is Jody J. Sperling. And he said that um, that he really connected with Lee. He said he said Lee Glasscock does some truly heinous things in that novel, but he's still the most likable character. And that spoke to me in a way that that really no other comment on my work has uh i've got a lot of positive reviews on amazon that compare my work to king and still to this day that review is the one that means the most to me because of the fact that that's exactly what i was going for i wanted to tell a story kind of compassionately but without bias i didn't sugarcoat anything but i i understood a lot of his actions and i put that to page and i really came through crystal clear which i'm surprised at for my first book yeah sounds like you did really well okay so do you consider yourself a pantser or a plotter uh i prefer to pants for the most part uh i i I do believe that there are some things that 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 an effective pantser has to plot a little bit most of my plotting occurs in my head. I'm constantly thinking about my books and stuff like that. And that's how I work through them. But I do believe that like an effective novel, you need to have a couple key scenes to set the tone. So that way you make sure that throughout the novel, you know what you're working on. So I usually work with like a word document. That's just like a couple of key notes. So it's like, okay, this scene's going to happen this way. This scene's going to happen that way. And I use that to make sure that my tone and pacing stay consistently with the devil within us all. I tried to pants that novel. I got like 11 chapters in and I said, hell no, I can't do this. It was too many moving pieces, too many characters. And so that was the only time that I've actually sat down and really fully plotted out a novel before writing it. And it was a, and it was a different experience and I'm glad that I did it because it made it a more concise piece. It sits at about 400 pages right now and it well could have been 600 pages if I hadn't plotted it out and made sure that every scene that's in that novel uh is working yeah. towards the same goals and I, i'm i'm so proud that i managed to to do that in the middle of it without losing the integrity of the novel or losing the tone um but but for the most part i think that i think that um pantsing is the way to go i know that there are authors out there that are going to listen to this and dis disagree with me but i think that um <laughs> Stephen king hit the nail on the head uh with the the statement that the story tells itself i think that um that a really true creative person it's almost like you're channeling a, a story from another dimension it's it just comes it flows and it's an incredible experience and there are several scenes in each book that i didn't intend to play out the way that they did um a specific scene is very violent at the end of the devil within us all and i it just flowed with no problem and i've just and it did so much for the main villain and uh, really set the bar for those final couple chapters. And I just was was shocked that that's how it went. But it was like I was typing and I was writing and the scene was escalating. The conversation was escalating. And I just knew that that was the way to go with it. And it's a it's a really magical experience. And I think that that plotting kind of takes that away a little bit. I feel like if you spend the time to outline a novel really well, you find yourself 
playing by the rules you've set for yourself rather than just letting the the story go its own natural path in some cases and that's where some of the best plots and scenes are born that's right so are there any exciting projects that you're currently working on that you can share with us uh, yeah, so so I mentioned that Our Father's Burden is coming out um, via Wicked House, hopefully into February, if it doesn't get delayed for whatever reason, you know, it's it's uh, farther into the calendar. So anything that happens will delay, you know, later books too, and that kind of deal. So whether it's, you know, something that goes on with editing cover design or something with the previous books editing cover design, you know, um, but, but right now we're looking at hopefully into February, which is really exciting. I'm glad that we're putting it out quicker than not and um submitted a, a fourth book to a to a publisher i'm hoping to hear back on that you know in the next couple of weeks and see how that goes i'm really really hoping that they take it I, i'm really proud of this one um and i plan to start working on number five which um i mentioned it in a um in a reading this weekend but uh, it's uh i'm pitching it as mary uh, mary shelley's frankenstein meets pet cemetery so i'm really excited to get into that one and that one's going to have a lot of um a lot of personal stuff in there for me again and it's going to have a whole lot of heart behind the horror and that's my bread and butter that's where i really enjoy writing and I have Patreon where I do a bunch of short fiction regularly. I'm actually about to finish a novelette that's going to be about 16,000 words long. Um, and so right now, that's like the only place to read the novelette. It's called The Snow Globe. And it's about a little girl who buys this this vintage snow globe from, an, from a, 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 a thrift store. And it's got the devil inside. And so uh, it's some of my most extreme horror to date. And uh, it's uh, been a lot of fun to write. And I'm enjoying the different pacing of sharing it as I'm writing it. Um, but it's a really, really neat story and a really cool experience. And it was originally only going to be a very quick short story. And I super quickly realized that it was, there's a lot more to the bones that I could play with. Fantastic. So what advice would you give to aspiring writers who want to break out into the horror genre? The really big key, of course, is, I mean, everybody says write, and that's 100% true. Um, writing will get your technical proficiency up. The, the What I'm writing now is leagues better than what I wrote with The Man Behind the Door. Uh, it took a long time and a lot of rounds of editing to get The Man Behind the Door to where it's at. And I'm really proud of that novel. It's, a, it's a, The story is amazing. But my but the more that you write, the, the more that you learn, the better your prose is going to get and the better your word choice, your pacing, all of that. And it's really integ- uh, integral that you just take the time to practice. Um, I will say that if you're struggling to write your first novel, you've always wanted to do it and you keep going to the page and it's just not happening. Think really long and hard. If there is a story that speaks to you, there's a story that you feel like you need to tell Uh, more than often than not, it's going to be personal. And you have to ask yourself, you know, is this a story that I feel comfortable sharing? Um, And if not, maybe it's literally you, you write it and you never publish it. But I I have found that, that if you can't write that first novel, um, finding something that you're passionate about and you feel like you need to tell the story about breaks loose those chains. And once you've written a novel, it's infinitely less scary. Once you have got, you've hit that 
you know, 70, 80,000 word mark one time and you've hit type the end, it's, it's no longer this mountain um, because you know how to navigate it and it becomes less scary and much more enjoyable to do. And so, so don't give up, keep writing, find that story that really, really truly speaks to you and, and tell it, even if you have no intention of sharing it with the world. That's wonderful. Thank you for that. So lastly, where can visitors find your uh, listeners find your work um so you can um follow me on facebook my facebook um profile for my author is william f gray and so you can follow me there i do really pretty relatively regular updates um i have a sub stack that you can get to from there that is uh in my link in my bio and my patreon is available there too and i do recommend um if any of you guys read my work and you like it i've got everything set pretty cheap so for five dollars you get access to everything that I post on Patreon. There's no barriers beyond that. Anything additional that you would pay for is going to be uh, be a really cool perk kind of deal. But for $5, readers get access to everything. I've got pretty much the snow globe finished. I've got uh, got to be about 10 short stories there. And I'm actually going to be posting a preview of Our Father's Burden in the coming weeks. Um, probably do like three or four chapters there uh, to kind of satiate everybody until that book comes out. But I'm really excited to share that. Fantastic. Well, thank you for being on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you here, William. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, No, uh, it's it's been a real pleasure being here. And I'm glad that you invited me on and we got to chat about the books and stuff like that. And and I'm hoping that, you know, uh, some people hear the words about what to write and how to write and that kind of deal in it. It uh, helps some people along the way, because I know that I spent a long time being very upset that I felt like I couldn't write a book because literature and especially horror literature has been a huge part of my life. And has, as honestly, as cheesy as it is, as it is to say, has probably saved my life on more than one or two occasions. So, so you guys keep at it. Thank you. Thank you very much, William.